Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that is based on a comic book or comic book property, like comic book adjacent, like it's over there. It's like real close, like it's spun off from a comic book. Like Bazooka Joe, the show. Yeah, if, if Bazooka Joe makes a show... We'll, sh- we'll, we'll go. <laughs> we sure will go. We'll go to the plow. Fuck. Plow is not a thing. I am your own. I am your own Bazooka Joe Taylor. With me as always is Mike. Hey. <laughs> That's a good intro. And also Ryan. Was Bazooka Joe an ensemble? Like were there other, were I there think, like Grenade Mary? Because I, th- I think there was Bazooka Joe and then there was like the. Archie? The, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think there was like the general, right? Wait, the general. So you guys are thinking more of a demolition team, yeah, like wet works team. I believe, and I'm not sure about this, but I believe Bazooka Joe Am I was a, a Foxtrot was a young yes. kid with an eye patch. Yes, Bazooka Joe. He had uh, guile hair. Uh huh. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Or no, that was Bazooka Joe. Looks more like Mighty Max with a backwards hat, and he was friends with Eye Patch Man. Bazooka Joe did not have an eye patch. Maybe everybody in that world had an eye patch. Let's go to the highlights. <laughs> and they've all got eye patches. Yeah, they all had eye patches. Yeah, what a weird so, world. Oh, I, you know when people talk about like alternate realities and it's like just one thing slightly different. I'm sure there's a world where just everyone has eye patches. Mm-hmm. Was Bazooka Joe serialized? Like, did you have to keep I... chewing gum in order to get the whole story? Yes, that's how they hook you. The yeah. gum tasted like garbage, but oh, that arc. Oh. The character drama. Are you guys know like stop fucking joking around with me? Like be real for one second. Are you guys old enough to have had Bazooka Joe? And do you remember what an awful, terrible sensation it was? Yes I, and yes. Yes. It was really bad. It was like one step lower than Big League Chew. Mm-hmm. Or uh Big League Chew was at least gummy. Yeah, yeah. Bazooka it Joe resembled started gum. off like a hard candy, but not as tasty, yeah. and then got gummy in a gross way. And after three <laughs> seconds of chewing the terrible, it uh, the flavor became gray. Uh-huh. A color became a flavor. It just tasted gray. So much candy. I think we wouldn't be old so enough. So much candy. Like, look around this <laughs> studio. We wouldn't be old enough, but we both were poor children. Uh-huh. So that... It was the 70s when we were in the 80s and 90s. I can't believe how many family pictures I've seen at your guys' house where the whole family is sitting down to a meal of one Bazooka Joe... And the patriarch has to like cut it with a turkey carver. Thanksgiving, baby. A hell, like a state of the art turkey carver. Why did you guys spend so much money on the turkey carver and then oh. spend five cents on dinner? So you're the kind of guy who's like, don't buy that iPhone and get health insurance. Fuck you. My family wants that turkey carver. Yeah. How are we going to carve the turkey if we don't have a good car- turkey carver? And plus, huh? Let's give huh? it up to the reason for the season, the inventor of it, George Turkey Carver, who yes. did have invent the peanut cutter His and the carver. stupid older brother took all the fucking glory all of the time, but who uses what to this day? Here's, like, listen, I do believe he was a producer on that uh, uh, Mickey Mouse, like, uh, Mickey Christmas, Mouse Club. Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol, uh-huh. where, oh. uh, where Mickey Mouse takes the, the carver and he cuts up a little peanut. Uh huh. And he slices up that little peanut. I believe that was his little dig at his brother. Now, this is sort of Mickey's jam because I also remember in Mickey and the Beanstalk, which I believe was a play on Jack and the Beanstalk. That's true. I would have to do my research. Uh, he loves it all just up those together. little beans. Mickey, Donald, and Goofy have a bean, and they they thinly slice it. And I remember Donald putting it in between bread, as if he has some sort of bean sandwich. Donald, bean what are sandwich. you doing? But at least okay. the other two weren't even in bread. But you make fun of the bean sandwich, but these fucking British people, they're just putting beans on toast, and that's a meal for them. Yeah, that's or these poor Americans, 
ketchup sandwiches. So okay. we all make do with what we got. And then in the meantime, the elite, they're taking beans to movie theaters and spilling them all over themselves. Just all over themselves. Let, let me give this question to all the poor kids out there. Did anyone else... Uh, Where my poor kids at? <laughs> did anyone else when they would at? get home, like they'd come home from school and like your parents weren't home yet and you're like, I don't know what to eat. So you would take like... Uh, a slice of Wonder Bread and like a little bit of like tomato, like tomato sauce or something or ketchup, and put it on there, and then like a little bit of cheese and put it in the oven and like on broil and just make yourself like a look at this fucking inventive motherfucker, like a little like a little cheapest shit pizza. Okay, well I was not poor and I do not uh, speak to poor people, so just the fact that we're having this conversation right now, you're a lucky little duck. But what we would do (laughs) typically is we would, if nobody was home, we would go out into the pheasant yard. And hunt us a pheasant, and uh, then just throw that in the oven, and then eat it like that. One time, I got one home time, early, and the rich people across the way, I snuck and ate a pheasant, and that's why I only have one hand now because they chopped my hand off. Oh man! But the I o- did put some cheese on it, put some marinara, and put it yeah. in the oven as a little pheasant pizza. The only thing the worst of being poor is being poor across the street <laughs> from a mansion. That's like every morning you wake up. People talk about gerrymandering and how that's a fucked up way to run a town, but it's also fucked up to put. The one street across, so every poor is across from every rich. And then the rich have people come in and put railroad tracks in mm-hmm. between the houses just so you know what side you're from. And they, do you know what's great? When you're young, it's hurtful. But then when you get a little older in high school and you buy a leather jacket, you know you're going to rail their yeah. teenage daughters. Oh, man. You're also a teenager in this scenario. <laughs> well, that is a real fucked up way to run a town. Speaking of fucked up ways to run a town, we're going to be talking about Fear the Walking Dead later. But before we get to that, the Super Serious Shishi Bullpen. Now we're here in the Super Serious Shishi Bullpen, the part of the show where we get down to business. This week, our business is we are giving away some awards. Now, Taylor, I've noticed in the past that uh, all the awards have not really been that big of a deal. Are we finally at the big deals? Gentlemen, I think we are finally in the part of the show where we are in the big deal awards. Uh, are you forgetting best sneeze? We did do best sneeze, Ryan. <laughs> that was a pretty big deal. But best sneeze specifically on Arrow. Like, what? who is coming up with these awards? I think people from Arrow. <laughs> and I do appreciate, because now we're in the big awards, that producer Dave wheeled out the rollaway jacuzzi onto the stage, mm. and now we're just in it. We're bubbling. And we're bubbling. Ooh, bubbly, 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 bubbly. Do you think that's going to affect that's our performance? Makes. No, but no. I do like that we've finally gotten technically sound enough that you cannot hear the bubbles at all. Oh, no, you cannot hear the bubbles at all. But they're there. Yeah, we were just showing you. That could have been yeah, there the whole time. That, but producer Dave is so good at his job that you can't hear it right now. We just mic'd the jacuzzi for that one second. All right, this week we are giving away the award for Best Actress. Gentlemen, are you ready? So ready. Should we talk about like what actress means to us? Like uh, female performer? Yeah, it's a it's like a person who is um like a female of some sort and mm-hmm. then um she her or identifies yes, exactly yeah. yes and then so, uh, sometimes we'll have long hair but also could have short hair yeah and then pretends to be other people sometimes right I I think that more than anything we've said that is key yes they so that is be the, pretending to be somebody else they you mean like acting better yeah acting oh uh, you so. know I bet there's more nominees for best actors that act than for when we do best actor I bet those schlubs are just being themselves just walk yeah. on set they think they're Will Smith whoa, but whoa, whoa, son whoa. I met Will Smith and you are no Will Smith <laughs> alright are you ready for the nominees it seems like you are it seems I like am. Mike and okay. I are not so, so the, your nominees for best actress from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Chloe Bennett in the role of Daisy Johnson yeah she's at this point is uh, an old mainstay She's been great. We've watched. She has not always been great, but we watched 
this young buck learn how to act over the last five years. Taylor, I'm going to go to you now. Yeah. You in the booth. Um, Mike jumped in right away as soon as you said that name. Sure did. And didn't seem surprised at all. No. Are you a little surprised at this? A little bit. Yeah. She doesn't seem like she's pulling like massive weight. Like best actress? Yeah. You are forgetting. Like, if you jump in and out like Taylor or Ryan, you're just... For- Thinking of what she was like the first two seasons, she does so much heavy it, lifting it, and so much hardcore like has, emotional work with her and Clark Gregg scenes. Man, it seems like he has tailor made ways to just discredit our opinion. Absolutely, yes. Which That's I guess weird. is what it's Let's like to be a podcast. That I do have a sweatshirt with her on it, and I'm wearing it right now. Let's discount the fact that if you're ever talking to Mike and there's one second of silence, he'll be like, "What do you think Chloe Bennett would look like with a daffodil in her hair?" I don't know, Mike. I bet it would be. All right, we got to move on from this before this gets out of hand. Your next nominee from Legion, Rachel Keller in the role of Sid Barrett. See, this one is surprising to me, really, as well because, and like you, she's a great actress. Mm -hmm. I think she's awesome. I saw Fargo. Yeah, I saw Fargo, and in season one, season one, she was great. I wouldn't be surprised she did not win. You didn't say that she won. No, I did not. Okay, so she did not win, but I bet she came close. This season, she just had very little to... She acted old. And that was mostly weird CGI. Yet she, not phoned it in, but they... I felt like the show didn't give her as yes. much yeah. this season and not her performance got worse. In, in the very last episode, she got to get angry, but one epi- we have to think the whole season. Right. It, it was weird how monotone she was throughout this season. Also, these actresses are... This is going in alphabetical order by last name. Uh, sure is. So I'm about to fucking flip my lid. I guess we'll let Taylor finish, but... All right, Rachel Keller, nominated. All right, your next nominee from iZombie, Rose McIver, and the role of Liv Moore. Well, this is our Meryl Streep. Yeah, In in our world, this is our Meryl Streep. Yeah, so she's a shoe-in. This, why I loved watching every episode and every season of iZombie, if Rose McIver is our Meryl Streep, this season was our Into the Woods. Okay. <laughs> our Mamma Mia, here we go again? Here we go again. How dare you? Mamma Mia, here we go again should deserve every single Oscar that it is nominated for, and it should be nominated for all of them. I but love would when you... we know the Power Rangers of this year. <laughs> <laughs> would you put her character in the sequel to Mamma Mia on the Meryl Streep Rushmore of performances? Absolutely. When she showed up for that, like, 30 seconds? Okay. That was incredible. He's only been alive for, like, four of her movies, so. <laughs> right. uh, this, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, she she she, she got to use her own voice. Got, That's pretty that cool. Made Greg think it was not real. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Your next nominee from Preacher, Ruth Nega. Yeah, as Tulip O'Hare. Yeah, Ruth rules. Yes, she's amazing. Even when she had a shitty character on Agents of Shield, she ruled. No, that she was. Okay, fine. She was shitty. I'm in the bad era of Shield. I'm sort of in the bag for Agents of Shield. Even Chloe Bennett. I was just being devil's advocate. All right, not as much as you are. Don't fight me. But yeah, she uh, better than Joseph Gilgan. Uh, who is the close. MVP of this show? They are battling it out, and it's episode to episode. I think she edges it out every so often. Okay, so how about this? We don't know who the MVP is. It's one of those two, but we do know for a fact that next week when we do Best Actor. Dominic Cooper will not be nominated. No. No, no matter how handsome he is. Uh, and no matter how great he was in Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia, here we go again. <laughs> is he in both of those? Yes, he is. He plays uh, Amanda Seyfried's boyfriend. And no matter how good he was in an education. Wow, oh. an education reference. Uh, my roommate was watching that yesterday, so con- congrats, on being, congrats on being my roommate. Is yeah. an education the new Shawshank? It's just on TNT all, all day, every time. day? Yeah. People are like, it's always on. slow. Yeah. All right, your final nominee. From Winona Earp, last year's winner, 
Melanie Scrifano in the role of Winona Earp. Okay, so I have a couple questions. One, is this show, is our uh, podcast, Two in the Bag for Winona Earp, that she could beat Rose McIver last year, or is Melanie really that good? I, I, you go first. I think last year we were two in the bag for her. This year, I could see it happening. The lat, the two last season, the last season of Winona Earp, but the last season of... Because Melanie Scarfano had more to do than Rose McIver did, but last year we're dummies. We have too many Meryl Streeps, I think, on this show. <laughs> yeah, that's but the problem. You well, want to talk about Rachel Keller and not having enough to do? Uh, Melanie gave a baby away. Yes, she that's a did. lot to handle on a show uh, that we watch, and she is killing it. And she did all of that while pregnant, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. actually pregnant. That's double and, acting and building up the character. To think she's just there to be quip. She is her titular. She's the titular character who's also the comic relief. Uh-huh. And so you don't remember that she can also act her balls off. Yeah, because you have what you have. She's the comic relief, and then you have Waverly is the heart, uh-huh. and then Doc is the heart, and then Hot Nicole Hot. hot is she's the heart. the heart of the show, and then the city is a character. And dolls is nothing but doll parts. That's thanks, whole. <laughs> Good joke. Wait, is that it? We don't have any more. Those are the okay. Uh, those are the ones. Here's the problem of having five Meryl Streeps or four is that I think we have a, a up and comer, another young buck who crushed it because Olivia Holt, who the whole the whole season she I thought her name was hers? I thought her name was Aubrey Smith, but Cloak. that is nope. Cloak, In- but Dagger was great. Yes, I I do agree with that. I didn't think there were moments where I felt like she was let down and I couldn't tell if it was the line she was given or it was her acting ability, but there were bits where she couldn't sell it. Whereas I think other, other nominees on this list can sell bad lines. Also one of the biggest differences for TV and between TV and movies, as far as acting goes, is that uh, in TV that is filmed, each episode by episode chronologically, you can see actors grow. And she started off not great. Right. And now we're remembering how she ended pretty good. Right. But there were some stinky episodes towards the beginning. Her so and uh, O'Reilly were not great. Yeah. The new generation's Chloe Bennett? Yes. It's your first I, job. You're going to get better. I do have to say, I think one thing that could be working against her here is this is the Best Actress Award. And she also sang the cover of Sail Away in the final episode of the season. Oh, is that true? She did. Did you just find that out? I I looked it up yesterday because I was like, what was this cover of Sail Away? And it was Olivia Holt's version. My biggest regret in my goddamn entire life is that I missed the show Uh that had Come Sail Away. As I, it's you guys spent more time on that song, rightfully so, than anything else that week, and I was not here. And so that is her version. So I think she's doing double duty. So she's not fully an actress. So I don't. I think she's not committing. So it's like Olivia Holton John over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> one person that I think is has been left off this list is Lily Reinhart for Betty Cooper. I think she is the best actress on Riverdale, and I'm willing to admit I love Riverdale. A lot of the performances on that show are kind of garbage. Oh my god! But if I'm you think so Dominic Cooper's not going to get nominated n- nominated next week, just wait to see how little KJ Appa gets not nominated next well, week. What do you mean he's not going to get nominated? That's crazy. Because the star of the show is Ski Ulrich, who will get nominated <laughs> for best true. actor. <laughs> yes. Honestly, Taylor, um, you've been cool so far during this year's show. She's about the lack of Riverdale nominations. I get but it. But this one, I can see you having a beef with. She has been crushing it, and this season especially, she did a fantastic job of doing really complex emotions in 
like a short amount of time. Like she could do like three emotions in one line and make it work. And that is like 12 steps above anything anyone else on that show has been able to do. It's like one of our greatest actors, John Travolta. He does that kind of thing all the time. The other thing too is that she clearly learned from the first season where we weren't getting such severe Dark Betty, but instead subtle Dark Betty. It was coming out in like subtext and not... I have to put on a wig and, right. call, and like call myself a different person. Yeah, it's uh, she did a great job this season, and it's a crime that she wasn't uh, nominated. You call that a crime? Oh, all right. But now, if I may, if you you very quickly give us who you think should be nominated, I will first of all start by saying this will not be quick at all. <laughs> I cannot believe all of these actresses did a great job. But if I had one award to give to performer of the year, man, woman, lead supporting, there would be one person it goes to. The king or queen of superhero TV is Melissa Benoist. And I know that this show has been selling stock on Supergirl Mm. for years at this point, right? This this was season three? This was season three. So season two was its best. uh, Yes. And so we've all been following off on season Mm. three. But the fact that this crazy winning like super charismatic uh camera stealing actress scene stealing actress super charismatic i hate both of you charismatic you (laughs) um is not even nominated for this award is disgusting if there was one acting award to give for all of these shows i would give it to melissa benoist yeah the amount of weight she puts on her shoulders on a good show would be impressive and to carry like I will fucking hate that episode I'm watching, and then she shows up and does something. I'm like, cool. You made that cape fighting worth it. She at, <laughs> which is hard to do. Yeah. She at uh, the same time both feels like the most, like the best cast in mm-hmm. performance. Like she is perfect for the role and also the most talented. I cannot believe she's not nominated. I and Taylor, you've got, you've got the envelope in your hands, and whoever yep. you read, I'm just gonna hear Melissa Benoist. All right, the winner is for best actress. Ruth Nega for Tulip O'Hare from Preacher. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't make Congratulations. Me I like yeah. That. She she crushed it. Ruth, She's congratulations. So Come by the studio, pick up your award, hang out if you hang want. Out. Yeah, bring Joseph along. He still hasn't picked up his awards because he's won too. So Preacher so, Preacher crushing the acting yeah. awards. Yeah, which is surprising giving the wet paper bag that is their lead. All right, that is it for the awards for this week. Should we say the reason Greg's not on tonight's episode is because he knew there's no way Alicia from Fear the Walking Dead would even be nominated and he didn't want to scream at all of us? It's true. He found out that she wasn't going to be nominated and he just stormed off and we haven't been able to find him. So if you see Greg, please call 1562-DRDJPOP. Also, he's been trying to get uh, Sexy Riddler with a wig into the studio the entire night. Like, he just can't get, she just can't get nominated tonight. All right, that is it for our shishies. We will be there next week for Best Actor. Now we move on to our main event, the return of Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead is back, and Morgan is trying to get Garrett Dillahunt and Jenna Elfman, or at least Alicia, to join him in traveling back to Virginia. But because the West Coast cast knows groups of people cause problems, everyone's like, nah, which makes Morgan pretty sad. Alicia gets bummed out when a guy who's been pinning help notes to zombies turns up a zombie, and there's a storm a-coming. Taste buds, I ask you this. When the zombocalypse happens, are you going to hole up in a hedonistic party till you die kind of way, or try to rebuild society? Does the show make a good argument for either? I think that this episode actually makes good arguments for both. 
And I could say all day and all night that I would do the second one and I would be prepared. I would be no. the uh, ant. The ant. But I know I would grasshopper all day. It's what's the I my whole life. I'm a I'm a longtime zombophile. Been first time it, caller. First time caller. Been into it my whole life. I used to have a plan that I'm now announce to the public that oil rigs out in the ocean have six months of food and water for 30 people each. So I was just going to row a boat and live on those forever. I can't Why? wait for you to, like, you're so stoked about your idea. And it's a good idea. I like it. But then you realize, just before you get there, that you can't row a boat I at all. And you boat. sink immediately. <laughs> and I don't get eaten. I just drown. But... I guess that is the hedonistic lifestyle. The, the, the try to build a society, I think, is what everybody wants to say they'll do. What the fuck? We don't have skills anymore. Unless it's, unless it's Nick Offerman in charge. Nobody knows how to do anything. Let's all just drink and fuck whatever's near <laughs> us until we die. I want to point out, I can sometimes start a fire if it hasn't rained in like six months. Cool. That's, I, that's my skill that I bring. But in. Taylor, a storm is a coming. Oh, God damn it. Zombie hurricane? Zombicane? The Zombicane? Listen, the Zombicane is a title that I'm very excited for. And as an idea, great. The is it going to cross over with Sharknado? <laughs> I hope so. Here's the, the effects that they have on this show are. It feels like not... one big guy threw a little guy at the truck. We not, yeah. we have to take talk about Zombie Nado because I, I love the idea. The idea yeah. is great. The execution was as good as possible. I'm saying that they did the best job possible, mm-hmm. and still, it's a hilarious thing to watch <laughs> zombies so... fly around and hit things. Well, here's here's my problem with the way that they're doing it is it doesn't seem like. They they don't have good like rules for how fast the uh-huh. wind is blowing because it pans across at the beginning of the episode, and there are zombies that are some of the zombies are getting like blown so hard that they're flying backwards uh-huh. in a comical cartoon style, and then th- th- some other zombies over are just kind of like walking, and then the leaves on the ground are just kind of r- rustling a little bit. <laughs> the non CGI leaves right. yeah. are just there. It's it's completely out of whack. Like well, there leaves are, f- are very heavy. Leaves beat wind. And well, in the classic game, <laughs> rock yes. leaves wind. Mike, as the zombophile, let me ask you this: Do you prefer the slow zombie in the wind, the Romero style, or the Zack Snyder zombies move very fast in the wind? I'm a, I'm an old school. You're I like an old the Romero you're slow, slow romantic, like a Forrest Gump feather just dancing in the wind. And the last scene of this episode, which I'm going to come out right now, I enjoyed. I thought that this was like a quality hour of TV. What was the last scene in this episode? The last scene in this episode was uh, two ladies stuck in a tank-like yes. thing. Dharma and a character whose name I don't know. Non-Greg. Yeah. Non-Greg. Uh-huh. They're stuck in this thing. It's, uh, it was actually Maggie Grace. Do you guys remember Maggie Grace? No. Is that a TV she, show? She's the one who fucked her brother, stepbrother or something and lost. Oh! And in the movie Taken, she is the Taken. Oh! Oh. But now she has like a cool paramilitary yeah. haircut. Because oh, yeah. I just saw the face and I was like, I could not place it Boone because of her sister. hair. Okay. Boone sister, yeah. I was trying to figure Boone's out farm. who she was. I was like, she looks familiar, but I can't tell if that's just because I have friends with that haircut and <laughs> look like that. They're in this tank-like thing and a zombie smacks on it. And it is scary. Like, yeah. they're fucked. Maggie Grace has this plan. She's a little bit more militaristic than uh, Dharma. And so she's like, oh, we're going to hole up here. And then a zombie hits. And they're like, what the fuck? And that part is scary. But then it cuts outside the tank and just shows zombies wind whipping around. And a few of them do look like actors are just jumping from (laughs) off camera onto camera. It is cheese dickery in its finest. Here's the thing. If they keep up that level and then they give us a full next episode that is just zombies 
really cheesily zipping around. Mm-hmm. Like sh- if they go full Sharknado with this zombie NATO, Fear the Walking Dead is my favorite yeah. show. Yeah, just it's so many of the shows we don't like, and then we transition to liking is when they realize they're dumb and own it and Legends own it. Yeah, tomorrow. yeah. Taylor, in your intro, you said uh, like West Coast Walking Dead, and that made me think of West Coast Avengers, which was basically like. We're going to send Hawkeye was the leader, guys. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Clint Barnes was the leader. And they basically said, so we have a, the Avenger, like capital A Avengers in New York. Let's send some bros to right. the West Coast. And it was a comedy book. Why didn't they do that here? And it's, it's not Great Lakes Avengers where you're so dumb, you're a parody of it. But that but perfect middle ground. Isn't it fun? We could do superhero adventures. And this is ridiculous. I hate how serious and how popular the Walking Dead franchise is because it means we'll never get a fun zombie show. Here's what I think is happening. I think the Except reason they killed oh, off yeah, like half the characters that we know from the show mm. la- like the last first half of the season is they're setting up they're like we'll bring Morgan on cuz he's a fan favorite and then we'll give the show to Morgan but we'll also make it fun. Well, and G- Garrett Dillahunt is a national treasure nobody talks about nearly enough. Did you guys know about that going into this episode? No. I no. mean Garrett Dillahunt and Jenna Elfman are the two biggest stars in the history of The Walking Dead and I I mean I don't like I'm not a huge Jenna Elfman mm-hmm. fan but I think she's yeah she's I quality. like Darman Greg I love Garrett Dillahunt and I was so excited to see them it, but because I also used I was also to like, worried about their career but I was so excited to see them on this I used to like Jodie Whittaker is that her name Madison yeah I loved her and then the show ruined her so I just don't want that to happen to Jenna Elfman and Garrett Dillahunt it's, like ruined them in real life no but like I no longer I used Kim to Dickens like, is now home Kim Dickens Jodie yeah. was her name on fucking Deadwood and Jodie Whittaker is Doctor Who. Yes, you've now. Mic- <laughs> yeah, we've you've completed it. it. Up. Uh, I I do think Alicia is still a good actress. It makes sense to kill everybody in the family but her. Right, like it's a there's a reason she's the one in the family left because and it seems like she's just sort of moved on. She's just like, yeah, there's like all members of my family but are dead. It's but it's been I just, years, right? It, uh, no, not, I don't think. I it's think it's super been weeks. Confusing because I did this show started years before Walking Dead. It was yeah. Year of the Walking Dead. Year of the Walking Dead. It's- and then Morgan, I when when they said Morgan was going to be on Fear of the Walking Dead, I thought it was going to be that time in between we first saw him in first episode and when we saw him again. But I, this is, he was talking about, hey, we got to go to Alexandria. All my friends are there. So this is now parallel. I wonder yeah. if like a uh, not greatly written time machine uh-huh. movie that they just like don't want you to ask questions. Uh, you know what, so any of that. It, like in between last season and this season, because last season ended with the dam blowing up yeah. and all of that, they just jumped ahead and Morgan like finds them at this new settlement that they've set up. And so the entire last half season was just them making very little progress in the present with Morgan there and then flashing back to what happened. But when Morgan's walking around and saying, hey, guys, I'm going back to Alexandria. Do you want to go? He's saying, hey, do you want to go meet Rick and the gang, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's, yes. it's time to go do that. Yeah. Do you want to have a Fear the Walking Dead Civil War? Yeah, which I think should happen. It, I also thought it now seems like he's not immediately going to leave. I, I fully thought for the first half of this episode that they had brought Morgan in killed off all the other main characters, given a show to Morgan, and then said, let's fuck back off to Alexandria and just merge these two things. But uh, this show got picked up. Like, this show is going to go for a long time. So oh. that's, I don't think that's going to happen. Unless they, they go back, we have a new cast, and we have West Coast Walking Dead, which I would love. I want to get back to Alicia real quick, because I think this is a crazy thing in TV history that they did. Alicia was one of the weakest characters, mm-hmm. not a lot of agency. We shat on her a lot. Right. Not, like, I think that she is a quality actress, but not a lot to do. 
And instead of killing her, which would be the easy move, they killed her brother and mother Mm -hmm. and then amalgamated those two, like, philosophies into one person. Which is interesting. My first thought was that she made the least money out of like, and, like it was a budget thing but now alicia ha- is like half nick half madison walking around and i think that's awesome yeah at least ballsy and and what's very cool is nick was so obviously becoming this show's uh who's grunty mcgrunter dylan dermot yeah dylan mcdermott dolmet maroney D- oh Dolmet uh, maroney uh daryl daryl and Nick was that, like, he was going to become the bat who does everything, but it doesn't have a personality anymore. And it's the, fucking kill that guy and, and let the human have some of those traits. But uh, Garrett, his, like, old-timey, old-school, like, we can – he doesn't necessarily want to – he doesn't have, like, Rick ambition, but he does want to live. And mm-hmm. Garrett Delahunt's character and Alicia's character and Strand's character, the three of them, I think, offer a lot of differences to make a show work. And on Walking Dead proper – they kept trying to bounce Morgan's philosophy that would flip-flop off of different people, and it was not interesting. Him and Strand are super interesting together because it is the now Morgan's that we should try and fight, and Strand's like, what if we just get drunk? And him and Alicia, like, I, I like the at Lenny. I like the actor of Morgan a lot, and the first show didn't know how to use him, and in this episode, they really seemed to. Yeah. Let me go over two things real quick, super fast. Um, the show looks different, like much different than I remember it. There's a like a dark tone on mm-hmm. the like there's a lens that's different. It looks much grittier. It looks more like an independent movie than the last uh, version of Fear the Walking Dead did. So there's that big difference. But then there was two things that happened that I was surprised by. I want to see what you guys thought. One was the Kevin McAllistering of uh, Alicia and Morgan hitting the thing at the right time. So logs. Morgan's oh, like, oh, we don't, don't we don't give moments of the week for main yes. shows, but that is it. That made me cackle in delight. Morgan was like, oh, don't kill them one by one. Look over there. And Alicia was, oh, I, get, I know exactly what you're talking about. We're going to home alone this shit. Yeah. And then they wipe out 20 zombies with a bunch of logs. And then the other thing that I found surprising, and it wasn't exactly well done, but just the fact that anything different happened in a Walking Dead show I was stoked about was the uh, girl was on headphones, mm-hmm. not knowing that a zombie was sneaking in. And then we watched in the background as Strand jumped in and killed the zombie, and the girl in the headphones had no idea. Sean the Dead type shit. Did these things work for you? Are yeah. you at least yes. interested that they're doing something different? Yes. It, it, it is. It, that was different, different vibe from Walking Dead proper, and it's also all these different characters aren't just Rick, where every character on the other show becomes Rick, where this one, everybody does have very different, unique worldviews. I liked this episode. I'm worried because I've liked episodes of Fear the Walking Dead mm-hmm. and The Walking yes. Dead before. They trick you. They they give you like two episodes a season that are like, this was good television, and then it's just slog. So we'll see if they keep it up. I think I might watch the next episode. Actually. I think I might too. I, I like... I will go back to the thing that, Mike, you and I used to say four years ago all of the time, and we were very proud of the fact that we said it, is like, this is clearly a better show than The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Even with all of its faults, at least it's trying shit, it's doing weird stuff, whereas yeah. The Walking Dead is, it just Slog. exists. Well, we'll see if it keeps it up next week. That's it for the main segment. Now we move on to the tape pen, a little part of the show where I get to do whatever I want. Now we're here in the tape pen. This is the part of the show where I kick back a little bit. They loosen me from my restraints. I am allowed to get up from the table where they strap me down with leather straps. Shit, I was just getting excited that like Taylor's going to be here for a tape pen. Yeah. For once. It, it's been like months since Taylor was here. Are you going to be here for this? Yeah. Don't worry, guys. I am here for the tape pen. We have no special guests. No one else is coming in. Oh, yeah. I'm just here. You don't understand because you don't listen to the show, but 
sometimes you'll get up and the fucking craziest people will sit in your chair. The really? Ch- like who? The chuds oh, you leave us with. Yeah, they are nuts. Did you, uh, how did you guys uh, did you guys talk to my friend Ronald Shit? He's running for comptroller. <laughs> yeah, uh, we know that he's running for comptroller because every other sentence out of his mouth is he's running for comptroller. But you know what? Classic comptroller. To be oh, a comptroller, yeah, you got to listen. Do you, but nothing but talk about. You got to shake hands and kiss those babies and let people know what you're running for. I'm more now, of a fan of uh, kissing hands and shaking babies. Yeah, British nannies. <laughs> Uh, I get to do whatever I want in this segment. So this segment, opposed to when you're like very on mission every other segment. Yeah, it's usually I have a goal and I visualize and then I execute and it goes off without a hitch perfectly every time. To be fair, in a non tape pen segment earlier this episode uh, when we were doing the shishies, all Taylor wanted to do was business and we just really did not let him. So that's true. Yeah, this is the part of the show where I get to be a fucking dick. So this week. The little segment is called, Where's My Father? (laughs) This is the part of the show where you two guys have to tell me, what happened to Greg? Where's Greg at this week? Six feet under. Did you kill my father? No, he's binging six feet under. Oh, I've never seen that show. Is it good? It's it's all right. He's also, he's binging because he's cast in the reboot as Michael C. Hall. Now, I've seen like two episodes and they were random. It wasn't the first two episodes. And I liked it. It seems interesting. But... Where does it rank on the HBO shows? Like, is it in the top 20? Probably mid-tier. Mid-tier. You know what? I haven't seen it. I'm thinking about My Girl. I just think about Funeral Homes. The Macaulay Culkin movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did oh. you see the second episode, My Girl 2? Yes. Where when he's back to life? Yeah, he comes back to life. Does another kid die? Is her lips cursed? Wasp, Wait, hold on. Wasps Wait. come in, sting him until he comes back to life. It's a real Weekend at Bernie situation. And then he's kind of like Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. Right. He's like a little waspy now. He's a little he's waspy. Like, he wears a polo shirt, has a tiki toy. He's like, I'm a white Anglo-Saxon <laughs> Protestant. I, I'm sorry. Was this the, the plot to Mannequin and Mannequin 2? On the move? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, guys, where's Greg? Like, where did he go? Like, I, I'm sorry. Just to like reiterate, you were talking about Mannequin 2 on the move and not some different Mannequin 2. No. Well, I was thinking of uh, Mannequin 2 staying here. How do you guys feel about movies, sequels that do, instead of two, like T-W-O, they do T-O-O? So oh. Is that, you guys like, find that hilarious? Like limited to? Like limited to. Is the store? Yeah. So it's limited also. But yeah. so, yeah, does that mean it doesn't have to be about the same people? It can just be a side adventure that's very similar to the first one? Shut I'm, up, Mike. <laughs> Taylor, I need to figure this out. You no, know? you don't. So you want us to go around and talk about where we think Greg is? Well, I want you to tell me where Greg is based on your reports that you've gotten. We have a where in the world is Carmen San Diego like detective agency I that we run here. One just came in. Yeah, and he's dead. He's locked in my basement. What, Mike? How did that happen? The cool thing about our printer, vodka. our printer here too at the studio, it prints out only in like brown ripped paper. Uh-huh. Everything looks like a treasure map. So all the memos are exciting, and everything that we've been learning about Greg feels like we should go on an adventure. I'm not the biggest handyman, but I did make a bunch of tea bags and just glue them to the printer so they're just soaking it the printer uh, as it comes out. You know what? I have to say, now that Mike has informed me that my father is dead, mm-hmm. I feel like the three of us should go on an adventure. I'm sorry. Hold on. Greg is Taylor's father? Yeah. Yeah. You've missed a lot since you've not been gone at all. Yes. My, my, my very good father, Greg. I'm his I'm, oh. his. I'm his very good big boy. Just to explain to Ryan and our listeners who don't follow Greg and Taylor's personal Twitters and the your at your pop filter Twitter, this is all the uh, the what's the Matrix two no the Animatrix. This is all the Animatrix of the I pop see. filter studios. So yeah. you have to watch the Animatrix to understand what's going on in right. garbage yeah, sorry, movies. I, that you don't I care should about. have elaborated for listeners who don't know. I am legally Greg's son now. Normally it's but one not line. biologically. Well, we're Did working Greg on that. Did Greg divorce your mom? 
Uh, yes. They were married. They had a baby. No, yes. but he was the public notary who divorced the mom. Man. <laughs> and that's the crazy... Like, that's Greg's superpower. Like, he'll swoop in in the edge of night and publicly notarize things that you didn't even expect him to. Which is against the law, but he does it anyway and somehow gets away with it. I thought if you had that stamp, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Because yeah. when people it's like try the to hazard arrest you, lights. you just go, not arrested. <laughs> it's, it's, like being, it's like being deputized. You're just like, I can do whatever. I'm glad Greg stopped drinking because he used to just get drunk and marry people mm-hmm. at bars. And that sucks, man. In both senses of the word. Do you know how much child support to kids I've never met I'm paying because drunk Greg? In uh, New Mexico, I am married to a bar stool legally, because of Greg. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty good Greg. Thing. But you can do that in New Mexico. Yeah. Like, they just let you marry anything. It's bar stools, uh, people. Barstow. <laughs> I made a whole town. Yeah, I'm, I am actually married to the entire, entire, entire city. In of, the state of New Mexico, you are married to the California town Barstow, where a shitty Del Taco is. Mike, you did I, so good right there. You just jumped in and said something and didn't remark on the fact that Taylor like, just Oh, is Taylor having a moment? I didn't even notice. I, that's me, you guys. I'm here. Taylor. What's I, up? Here's the truth. We've made a lot of jokes about Greg being dead. Yeah. It's because... You stumble fuck so much that he just had to leave. Like any good dad, he just no. leaves. The yeah, home just like just like fuck. every dad in my life. <laughs> Take a week off, come back, and then enjoy yeah. Taylor again. Yeah, I feel like that's how a lot of people that's treat it. The trick. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I have a lot of first dates and then conversations about how uh, we should be friends. Like two weeks later, and and then like a month later, we'll hang out. And you yep. hook up again, and she goes, "No, wait, fuck." No, there's never a first hookup. Those movies and TV shows where like the parents are sad that the kid's going on to college, and then you think about your life and how stoked your parents were to get the like they just wanted that at least one week, if not five, six, seven years. Just take a Taylor break. Take a Taylor break. It's been one week since you looked at me, and goddamn, I'm so damn happy. They wrote the song about Taylor. Yeah, makes sense. I was very good friends with the Bare Naked Ladies for about eleven years of my life. So that means your parents. Doggy styled watching X Files with no lights on. Yes. Wait, that were happened. they done the Maison? They were. I the Smoky Man was in that one, they hoped. You don't oh. fuck to an X Files episode if the Smoky Man is not in it. No, those are the sexy no. ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to fuck to one with a low gunman in it? I don't think so, buddy. This is two inside X Files for me. <laughs> how, many, uh, how many episodes of the Lone Gunman did you guys watch? Did you do the whole series? Two. You two did, of the seven. You got through two? <laughs> The, wait, this is this is a show that they did? It was a spinoff of the X-Files. An entire did. show? Look, we talk a lot about Building 7 on the show, but the lone gunman <laughs> straight up did predict 9-11. No, I thought you were going to say did 9-11. How, wait, how did, how did it predict 9-11? The pilot was just about 9-11. What, like there was a like guy flying a plane and he's like, I'm going to do 9-11. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Osama's just a big fan of the lone gunman. That would make a lot of sense. He was really into the X-Files first and then... He was like, I'm going to spin off into and this he other so thing. so angry that it wasn't a good show. Yeah. He was like, I guess I got to do 9-11 now. Do you think anybody's ever pointed out that there's three lone gunmen? And maybe the name doesn't make that much sense? That's what? super funny. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. You know what? Fuck you, dude. You know, How about somebody that? Somebody did point it out in a little movie I like to call Airheads, because that's the name of the movie, where they're the lone rangers. Oh, so when did they say gunmen then? I'm not hearing when they said gunmen. I feel like this is a completely different thought. It's completely different. What is the difference between a ranger and a gunman? Wait, hold on. I love this. I love riddles. Um, squirrel bait. No, the gunman was a woman. Oh, oh I was going to say legalized murder. I see. Oh, that's a good one. You're yeah. really... 2018, shit's sad. Mike, I have to say, you're really clever. Thank Do you, you guys think that the band... Hey, that- hey, shut up for a second. I'm going to give Mike a compliment. By Mike, half? Mike... No, you're just you're just clever enough. If you were Wait. too clever, if you're too clever by half, I'd hate you. But no, you're just clever enough because you're a little bit dumb. 
Thank yeah. And I'll I and that's this. what I love about you. And you know what? You are my new father now. Congratulations. Oh Fuck. shit. Greg we're gonna get Greg on the horn. Do you guys think that if Greg was here to hear this, it would get dusty in the room? Like he'd be like, Oh, it's just it's no problem. I mean, like, it's fine. I'm not getting emotional. You know how Bruce Banner is very mild mannered? So everybody gets surprised when he hulks out. I think we'd finally meet angry Greg, which I don't want to meet. He's so gentle and nice that the flip is scary. <laughs> the Grolk. Angry Greg. If, if you guys have never seen Angry Greg, let me describe it. He will hand you a plate of food. and <gasps> it's, it's very good food. And he will go to smack it out of your hand, but then he won't because it's, it's a really good plate of food. Is it poisoned? No, it's just delicious. Oh. Okay. Well, let's make him angry more often. I'm starving. I'm Taylor, and my father is dead. This has been the tape-in. Long live new father. <laughs> yeah! Now we're going to move on to the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. New father glory? Is that a thing? You guys do something with that. Now we're here in the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Starting off is Outcast. This week on Outcast, Kyle gets more information about his dad's demon fighting, and he and Rev investigate a call from Aaron to find that Aaron has killed his own mother and revealed himself as being alive. This pisses Sydney off, but not as much as it pisses off Rev, who goes on a rampage of justice against that little shit. Meanwhile, Megan is still convincing her daughter she's not an awful person and goes to stay with Mom. Gentlemen, I ask you this. Now, I understand the show now. Nice. So, why don't I like it? You like... Silly billies. But I also like horror things. Mm. So I th- this is a drama in the guise of a horror more than a straight horror? That's what I think it is. I think it's it, it does really interesting things sometimes, and there are bits that are good. Like, it's not a Walking Dead level, mm-hmm. like, boring, like, middle of the road. I think it's interesting. But I think it is in this era that we've been through of some of, like, our really great shows, I think this is the least of them. I like I like it. So I feel like there I wish I was I wish there was more. It's not powerless. It's no. just it's the worst of the best. It's the worst of like what we're watching mm-hmm. right now and I I think what I see in it is like capable people doing really interesting things and I just wish that there was a little I like I wish it was a little bit more and I wish things were happening a little bit faster. I think what I would say here is that it's a uh, buffet theory. Mm-hmm. that um, if you have a buffet and you have to make a hundred different types of food, all of them are terrible. And knowing Taylor as well as I do, I know that he appreciates Chopping Mall mm-hmm. and Brokeback Mountain. Like, he appreciates the the horror, the cheesy horror, and then he appreciates the introspective, like, here's characters. Right. But this show may not be capable of doing both at the same time, and it sort of just leaves you with dry crab legs and uh, crusty macaroni and cheese. Yeah. More eggs than you'd want to eat. Uh, my moment of the Taylor, week. shut up. We're, me and Mike are talking about your opinion. But I do think like a yogurt that you know might about to go bad that day. Uh-huh. I do think this is probably a cold take that I, horror on TV is hard to pull off because there's not the same stakes because none of these fuckers are going to die right. until a mid-season or season finale. I mean, people are dying on this show. But nobody who matters. Right. No one who matters. Uh, but it was surprising to see that Aaron's mom was just fucking dead on the floor. That's... I do appreciate your uh, like your dedication. You have handled... Outcast this entire season so far. Yeah, you're about to bail. I I'm gonna give it another episode or two because now that I'm clicked in, I feel like it's it's better than the first two episodes I watched, and I I do feel like I like it more every episode. So I'm gonna see how I feel once it starts ramping up. What's if- more of your favorite show, uh, Rev and Almost Famous, like doing demons or Megan and her daughter? Ooh, it's it's tough because it switches episode to episode. Because this episode wasn't 
the most going on with them, but it was still like good character moments. Revan, uh, Kyle, this episode were had really great moments, and that's actually like my my moment of the week this week was there's a moment where uh, there Rev is like angry because the woman that he was like sort of seeing is now dead, and it's because he didn't kill this kid like he thought he did. Uh, and so he's like, I'm going to go kill him now. And Kyle's like, no, this isn't you. Stop that. And Rev just pulls over and he looks at him and he goes, I'm going to do this. You either get out or you come and help me. And they just have a stare off for several seconds. And then Kyle just turns forward and then they go on. Look, I'm, you guys are two of my closest friends. If we have that talk, I'm going to get out of that car. Yeah, And absolutely. then realize how much walking home sucks and try to get back in the car. But The weird thing about you, Mike, though, is that you're like, keep driving. I only tuck and roll. And then you just bail <laughs> yeah. out of the car. No, you could get out coming. No. All right. Outcast is on Friday nights on Cinemax. Your next show is AMC's Preacher. This week on Preacher, Jesse shoots the Allfather, but it doesn't take. The Grail is trying to suck Genesis out of Jesse and put it into Humperdew. But when they manage to, Humperdew explodes real good. But good news, the Grail's got clones of Humperdew for Humper Days, so we get to watch that Geico caveman motherfucker pop like a hundred times. Tulip and Pals are off to Osaka in an attempt to steal them souls. Cassidy learns that his new boyfriend is a vampire-killing uber-vampire and is pretty disappointed before he gets knocked the fuck out. So, friends, I ask you this. How are you liking getting to spend all this time with the Allfather and his unending supplies of Humper's Dew? The destruction of the Humperdews was very well done. It was so disgusting and felt like they had a movie budget. The amount of blood and guts that flew across the screen was actually very impressive. What I'm not impressed by, Taylor, and I don't mean to like tell tales out of school or pull back the curtain or talk shit, is that uh, I've written a preacher intro or two in my time, and every time Humperdew comes up, I do make a reference to the fact that he is the lead singer of the All-American Rejects, the single greatest band of all time. And yet you failed to mention that. You replaced it with the caveman, a newer reference. Uh, I did not mention that because fuck the All-American Rejects. God damn it, Taylor. What? Why do you want to do this right now? Why do you want to do this right now? What what do they have? What, like swing, swing? Yes, they do. I guess Taylor's dirty little secret is that he doesn't like the All-American Rejects. You know what? I didn't know that that until now. That song? Fuck that song in particular. It's a bad song. I don't like the All-American Rejects. I really like... Matchbox 20, that's more of a band for me. Yeah, because Matchbox 20 is a perfect band. You're perfect? the You're a big yes. proponent of the like the band has to have a number at the end. So if it was All American Reject 17, maybe you would be into them. Maybe, so, yeah. If if since eight the show had a band, I'd be all about wait, it. A band based on a show, I'm into that. Yeah. So let's talk about the All Father real quick. Yes. I'll do it in 30 seconds. The All Father, Jesse shoots him, and it, it is tense. It does feel like there is a threat. But then Jesse finds out that the all, that his soul is up the All Father's butt. That's where he keeps it, and that feels like exactly the kind of problems I have with Preacher. I don't know the All Father's butt. Yeah. I guess that's where it is. You know, it's just so much of that. So it should be up somebody else's butt. You don't put expect. it in somebody else's butt. One of the humpers do. Betty yeah. Cooper. <laughs> okay, moments of the week. <laughs> uh, my moment of the week is that the the team that goes to Osaka, their whole facade is that they're doing a. Uh, sexual harassment like seminar uh-huh. and the, the the person has to go up and hit on tulip and then what the what's the who's the uh girl that tulip hates you uh, uh yep penny farthing Pe- penny farthing uh penny farthing says and see how hard that was just imagine if the girl was attractive and i really love their uh they're so catty you know so catty. they really are 
Uh, all right. Uh, Preacher is on Sunday nights on AMC. Your next show is Luke Cage. On the eighth episode of Luke Cage, the single most inept precinct in the history of the NYPD continues to not be able to make any headway on busting criminals who are essentially all wearing T-shirts that say, I'm a criminal. Meanwhile, Bushmaster ups his nightshade intake in order to finally take down Luke Cage and Mariah once and for all, leading to Luke needing more power. The power of Iron Fist. Taste buds, I ask you this. Do we think that Iron Fist is the perfect medicine for a show that's starting to slag a little bit? The things I've heard is yes. And Mike, do you think that's too leading of a question? Is this show starting to slag a little bit? No. In, in the realm of Marvel Netflix shows, I am normally so much more bored than I am right now. It's How about true. in the realm of all of our shows? No, I, I'm still into it. Every every week, I'm fucking into what they're... Is the precinct up its own ass? And should Misty leave because at least she doesn't have to deal with shitty bureaucracy and solve crimes? Totally. But I'm into everything that's going on. The The Luke and Mariah team up is dumb, but in a fun way. Uh, Luke keeps trying to hit on Tilda because he doesn't know how to be alone, and that's great. Uh, Luke and his dad are like, it's every combination of people I'm into. I relate to Mike Coulter a lot because he just hits on Tilda, not only because he doesn't know what to do, but because it'll just work. Like, he's that handsome. Mm. He just knows that, like, you barely put in any effort, it'll just work. And Mariah sees it. She's not mad that her daughter's giving up secrets. She's just like, just don't fuck my nemesis. Are you more interested in Mariah now that, like, her empire is sort of gone? And now she's just street as fuck. Like, she has given up all of the bureaucratic talk, kind and of, now she's just back to Mariah. And we learn that Shades is a gangster whisperer, because he gives that talk, he goes, this is what a gangster does. And, like, I'm on Team Shades in a way it never happened before, so, yeah, I want to see how desperate she is and what scary shit she'll do. At one point, Shades went up to a wild horse and whispered in his ear, you're a gangster now, and the horse put on sunglasses and shot three people. It was crazy. It's that's a crazy show. Shades is, and that's why he's going to have his own show on Animal Planet. <laughs> He's, he's the new Caesar Milan, uh-huh. but for horses and murder. If there's a 13-episode Netflix show called Shades. No. What do you do? Come on. No. <laughs> no well, we didn't need the origin of Shades, but this episode still fucking gave it to us. Uh-huh. But, like, I like Shades more than I used to, but that doesn't mean I need that from him. So based on what you've heard, even though you are the biggest detractor in a world of detractors of Iron uh-huh. Fist, the show... You're a little bit pumped for next week? I'm a week? little bit pumped because them their fighting styles, because I do love them together in the comic books, and I'm an idiot, and even though you can burn my hand on that stove, I'll still be like, but what does it feel like now? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm fucking excited to see. And it, that it took him this long, he's like, call Danny. Like, even Luke doesn't want to do yeah. like, Call Danny Rand. He won't call him. He tells somebody else to. Um, and Luke says, oh, shit, Danny Rand's number is 13 numbers. That's too many numbers. I wish it was like nine numbers. Uh, Moments of the week? My moment of the week in a show that I don't think was that great or in an episode. Like, this was one of the worst of the season because of how much it's starting to slag. They mentioned O'Reilly. Guys, the week after Cloak and Dagger talked about Luke Cage, Luke Cage is now talking about Cloak and Dagger. And that's awesome. They were like, oh, I I knew this girl in the NYPD precinct named O'Reilly, and I bet she's going to be turned into a superhero or supervillain. Do you guys know what her name's going to be next season? What? It's mayhem, just like the guy from those commercials. Whoa, what? Do you think they'll recast her as Dennis Dumphy? I hope so. I don't. I like her. What if they're there together? That's just fine. Just selling his car insurance. Team up. Uh, my moment was an adorable moment of the week is Luke goes to his dad's church, and the, the Jamaican gangsters come in and start shooting up the place, and his dad's like, he shot you, and he goes, bullets bounce off me. He goes, I don't care. Nobody shoots my baby. It was adorable. That was pretty Aww. cool. I love that. All right, Luke Cage is on Netflix all the time. Just watch it. 
Your next and final show is Winona Earp. This week on Winona Earp, Waverly visits Mom in prison and learns that Mama Earp apparently tried to burn Waverly alive as a baby. Mom escapes prison and heads to the old ranch to complete some demon-killing ceremony, but it looks like it might have failed as Winona finds the crew hanging with a mysterious android, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, woman named Jolene. Meanwhile, Jeremy and a new potential boy toy go investigate a murder tree and find a spooky staircase in the woods. Gentlemen, I ask you this. How excited are you for Jolene? Hold on. Based on the guest stars and the amount of tree stuff, shouldn't this episode have been called Bark Matter? Yes. I'm Taylor. Bullshit. Shouldn't this episode Moments have been of the called week. <laughs> Moment, I will move on. It's going to be bullshit. We'll never meet Captain Mark Batter. Mark, Mark that Batter. Sucks. <laughs> but, but so, like, how, like, we have Android in another show. We loved Android on Dark Matter. Yes. I'm, I was stoked. When she was full on Demon, she did not look like. Android, and so when she walked up and force-fed Winona cupcakes... That full-on demon was one of the scariest things Winona Earp has ever done. And Winona's reaction to the cupcakes of like, wait, you guys are all fucked up, and then she eats a bite, and she's like, nah, I'm fucked up, let's do this, guys. My biggest problem, not to be like too like neurotic, like always shit on things, but my only problem is that she seemed... Bolshar is the big bad of the season. Jolene's going to be gone in like two episodes. Even though I haven't seen her next two episodes, right. I'm well, already sad that she's leaving. Adventure. I am excited because I f- saw that the next episode's title is Jolene, and it's an entire episode where they just go on an adventure with Jolene. And, Do you and, think uh, the whole soundtrack will be the actress who plays Winona Earp singing Jolene? Oh, my God. Listen, it, if universe... Wait, are you talking about the song by me first and the Gimme Gimme's? Jolene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do that song really good. They I like that band. Well. Um, can I shit on my known herb real quick? Sure. Or just on or the show. The, the show. And sure. just on like TV and movies in general. I have yet to see good gay banter. I have yet to see like classic George Clooney, Jennifer Lopez in a trunk, out of sight style gay banter. I sw- like Every single time we see two gay characters talking, it's always so cute. And so, like, so clever and so forced. Like, it's banter times two because they're worried about not giving them enough credit. And there are moments between... Jeremy. Jeremy and... New guy. New guy. Nougat. That uh, do work. But for the most part, they're so bantery. I just want people who are writing gay characters to relax a little bit. I think they are bantery, but I think the level of bantery that they get to in this... Is because of the show that they're on. Yeah, that's Jeremy. And I was about to say, and the characters that they're using, because Jeremy is second to Winona Earp. Jeremy is the banter king of mm-hmm. the show. So I think He's they Bruce banter. Yeah, so they have to if they're going to propose a match for him. That person also has to be extremely bantery, and so or they have not, to. If they were stern and were like dry, because Doc Holiday deals with Winona's banter's and if it was right. not full on Doc, but. Just a little bit of a wall to make Jeremy struggle with, then it wouldn't feel and so forced. The new guy has that; like he will stop a conversation mm-hmm. dead in its tracks, to, like go over his past or like, "Oh, my dad made me do this job" or whatever. But then, as soon as that's done, they get right back right. to like just the quip after quip after quip. That's not how people talk all the time. But that's also like most of how Winona or yeah. the show talks isn't how people talk all the it time. It feels different to me. It feels try hard. Yeah, I didn't. F- I didn't feel that way. I liked. Their little tete-a-tete. All right. Good use of tete-a-tete. Maybe Thank I'm you. too sensitive. 
But then can we get to this other thing? Did Winona just decapitate a guy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. She, oh, that whole fight scene was fucking dope. That was awesome. Barring the weird Me Too joke. That whole f- scene was and like creepy because all insane asylums, you should not trust them. No. I don't want the homeless population. I don't agree with Reagan's policy of kick them all out of the asylums. But every single insane asylum in the human history is evil. So yeah. poorly run. Yeah. What are they doing? Well, if you can decapitate like a guy and throw his head on the warden's desk and just get out of jail that free. That was dope as shit. But this was not a revenant. This yeah, was not he a vet. Oh, he was. His eyes went. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just, just a little bit. Him... If you missed that, like I yeah. did on the first watch, I rewound to make sure because I was like, otherwise, why not erp the show? What are you doing? That's you rewound was... your VHS copy of this episode? I did. Yeah. That's why he was so excited to kill her. Okay. But even also, like, Say, say he wasn't. He was just an evil guard. I don't fault Winona. He was. She was handcuffed. He was trying to kill her. Yeah. Do whatever you got to do. Cut his head off. Fuck him. Yeah. Why not? It was dope. Why not a herb? I I hate that so much. So Bolshar is uh, being the big bad. He's in the woods. He has control of Doc now. It, I don't know if he has control of him because Doc knew he was lying. So I don't think it's control. It's just. Yeah. So the uh, coercion, he's he's the, forcing him. But did Bolshar, when Doc was walking through the woods, did Bolshar make a baby cry? Yeah. Yes. What the fuck, dude? So the scene is, uh, Hot still has Bolshar's ring from last season, and she threw it into these woods where the whole episode, like, weird shit is happening with trees and plants and stuff. And so Doc is trying Bark to find it. Jeremy and the murder tree, and he hears a baby cry, and he runs towards it, and then, like, a vision or Bolshar himself mm. shows up and, like, makes him kneel and sort of like threatens him and yeah, it's very like, interesting put him in pain forever that yeah, yeah it, it or to mean like a lot to the two of them or like <laughs> relieve his knowledge that he's going to hell is what i based on all the storylines that are going on do you guys see a, a developing theme that this is all just commentary on the bolsharvik revolution yes that's what i thought I think that this episode was awesome because it was sort of a one and done. Like uh-huh. there was sort of yeah. like there was sort of a story, but Netflix really, Netflix Marvel really needs to learn from this episode because sort of like Thanos in the Marvel movies, keep your big bad uh-huh. out of the way for a couple episodes. That's yeah. how you get to 13 episodes. It's just have him drop in a little bit right. instead of being the face of every single episode. And and the way that the this the bad guy of this episode is Winona and Waverly's mom until you realize it's not, and that yeah. twist really worked for me because she seemed like a fucking bad guy until there's yeah. this demon none of us have seen this whole episode, and the the, the layers of bad guys they did they pulled it off yeah and they did a way of doing it where we have a bad guy for the episode they've set up another bad guy but there's also little hints to other stuff going on like we still don't know why these fucking trees are bleeding. Like that's murder not, trees. Yeah, well, murder trees. Somebody stuffed in it. Yeah, and their eye moves around weirdly. And then like the the trees are moving. Like the beginning of the episode, they are chasing a revenant, and the, a tree just jumps out and stands in the middle of the street and yeah. blocks him. In the best CGI. But yeah. and he's about to get caught by Winona Earp, but he can't stop saying, "No, I swear that tree was over there, <laughs> yeah. and then it was here." You got to believe me. And by the way, when I shit on the gay banter of this episode, I'm not talking about when Jeremy says, this is intriguing, and then the new guy says- Oh, the says, pun off? Yes, oh, man. I'm awesome. stumped. That's not, that is wonderful. That's oh, just wonderful. That was perfect. Because that's the characters both knowing the bit they're doing, not the writers giving the characters super clever things it's, to say. Yeah, it's not the funny, and that's hilarious, objectively. It's the cute. It's yeah. the cute that bothers yeah. me. The tree cute. But the show digs into the cute. 
Can I ask you guys a question that probably doesn't matter? Yes, sure. please. Can someone who has never seen this show before enjoy this episode? Uh, I you, I think so. Do you guys think it's important for us to call out jump on episodes? Comic books do yes. this all the time. So like this one relies a bunch on the pathos of the characters that we already well, know and love. Because they're all separate and motoring on different adventures, it would be hard to figure out who relates to who in what way. So yeah, I would not call this a jump on episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, because there's a, I feel like the next episode is going to be extremely confusing for anyone who just watched oh, this sure. episode. But I do think it was a very, it was a good self-contained episode, and they didn't reference too much back to things that just happened earlier in the season. It's just, it's my favorite thing, and I will call this justified theory, which is you start off one and done, you start off freak of the week because that's what how TV works, mm-hmm. and then your lore gets so big. That even when you try to do one and done, you can't because of so much going on. Guys, Doc made a crib. Oh, man. Oh, that so, was brutal. Whoa. Even if that was the only thing that hit Winona Earp lore, that's a big moment, yeah. right? And Winona Earp's like, no, I'm Winona. I can take that. That's no problem. She can't take that. I couldn't take that. Speaking of that crib, do you guys have moments of the week? Mine is a moment towards the very end, right? Maybe it's after she had the cupcake or it's, they say, there's a demon coming is going to kill Waverly. And she goes, she does this weird fucking noise that was delightful. Yes. Oh, Ryan? There, there's one way that you can always slam dunk my moment of the week, and that is people being other people. And my Nona's impression of Doc. And yes. she does such a good, like, well, I'll say, like, such a good draw. I'm Doc Holiday. And then she asks Doc to do her, and then he says, maybe later. And that's ha-ha funny. But my Nona's Doc impression, dead on balls accurate. Perfect. Uh, my moment of the week was when uh, Jeremy's uh, new friend is first walking through the woods and finds the uh, the tree full mm-hmm. of blood. He, A, tastes the sap mm-hmm. that he thinks is coming out. Totally and he's like, normal. hmm, a lot of iron. And then he just looks at it and goes, oh, murder tree. That's a murder tree. <laughs> and like he immediately knows it's a murder tree. And he starts running away saying, that's a murder tree. That's a murder tree. <laughs> the other thing that was great about them together, too, besides the cute banter, was they found those stairs. Yes, uh-huh. And the new guy was like, oh, I'll climb these stairs. And Jeremy was like, no, in my gut. But really, he's like, no, I've been on a bunch of episodes of Winona <laughs> yeah. Earp. Don't, Don't climb those, those stairs. stairs. No. There's a beholder or some crazy shit up there. Uh, Winona Earp is on Friday nights on Sci-Fi. That is all the shows we had to watch this week. This show was brought to you by YourPopFilter.com. It's the best shite on... <laughs> oh, shite. shite. It's the best shite Best on. shite in Northern Ireland. Tell the limerick about it. Oh, I went to the site called yourpopfilter.com, and then I don't know how a limerick works. <laughs> yourpopfilter.com, it's a place where you can go to get all of our podcasts, which are this show, the OCD, where these two knuckleheads talk about every show... Uh, every, on the OC. <laughs> yeah, every show based on the OC. Every episode of the OC. There's and, also uh, coming soon. There might be a third knucklehead. You might want to tune no, in for. No, I refuse. Oh, yeah, a very week. special no. Christmas is coming. God damn it! Uh, I was on the sh- episode of that, so tune in if you like me. If you also like me, you should listen to Taylor Talking Taylor, a show where I talk about other Taylors of note because I'm very self obsessed. There's also Movie of the Year, which is a show where these two and also my late father Greg. Uh, discuss the most year movie of a year. (laughs) 
You guys, Perfect. So like everyone gets that. Year, yeah. Yeah. 1984. So, uh, this uh, next season, you just finished uh, 1999. This next season, what year? Eyes wide shut. What year are you do you guys doing next season? Oh four. Oh four. That was a good year. 1904. The yeah. problem is that oh four did not have my favorite movie of all time, the Amy Adams starring thriller Leap Year. Which I'm very excited for that year. Oh, that is a great year. Uh, you can also... Do you want some help? Listen to Writer's Block. Mike, tell us about Writer's Block. Uh, <laughs> I talk to writers about the writer's process. It's great. It's a good show. If you liked us and you want to help us out a little bit, you should go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon and buy things that are just like regular Amazon, but this way you screw Jeff Bezos out of a little bit more money, and that's what we Jeff all Bezos. want. So uh, go do that, and it helps us out just a little bit. For every dollar you spend, we get a billion dollars of Jeff Bezos' yeah. money. Yeah, and that is super useful for us. Which ha- is how we know none of you are using the fucking code. Because, yeah, we yeah. haven't gotten a billion dollars. So go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your Amazon bookmark. Help us out a little bit. If you want to help us out even more, you can go to Patreon. Mike, tell us a little bit more about Patreon. Patreon.com slash YourPopFilter is where you get to choose a tier of money you send us every month and you get special little things. You could get bonus shows, longer shows, extra content. Ryan might draw you a picture. I might write you a poem. Or you can meet... Wait, it's a new month. You can make us eat rotten meatloaf for a month. No, I don't want to go to the hospital. Rotten meatloaf? Just normal ass meatloaf. How about listen listen to rotten meatloaf? Like uh, post when meatloaf was famous. We will listen to that album and we'll talk about it. Yes. That's what we will do. So go to your, uh, no, patreon.com slash your pop filter. But hold on. I don't want to move past the thing that Mike said. Uh, that tier, do you remember what it, what it is? The poem drawing tier? Uh, probably $15 a month. 15 bucks a month. And you will get every month either Mike has to write a poem that I have to draw or I have to draw a picture that Mike has to write a poem about. Yeah. That shit's going to get cray. Oh, boy. Shit cray. You will raise the roof. That would be fun if, like, every you every month you guys traded off and like you had I have to, to draw. Like you had, well, no, you had to write a poem of that that picture made you think of, and then he has to write draw a picture that that poem made him yeah, think of. Yeah, it's just synesthetic back and forth. Yeah, and then it's like a competition, and we'll choose winners every two months. Fuck Mike, I'll win. <laughs> All right, well, tune in for that, and go to Patreon.com/slash/YourPopFilter to help that happen. Also, you can go to YouTube.com and search Europop Filter. There are clips of this show and other shows that we do, and they're set to video things, and they're really great. If you want a more bite-sized chunk of something, and it's a great way to share it with people, if you want to say, like, hey, here's the show that I like. If you want to get into it, here's a little bite-sized chunk I'm sorry, Taylor. Into. Good. You're doing good. Real quick, Mike. Who's better? What's better? My, dra- uh, my poetry <laughs> or your drawings? Uh, wait, your poetry or my drawings? Yeah. I can't draw for shit. And you've at least dabbled in words. I'm going to give your poetry over my drawings. I win, you lose. You're saying that right now. Yeah, I can't draw for shit, and I'm never going to lie about that. You owe me three Chipotle burritos, but... Oh, you dick! Unfortunately, I do have to eat all three burritos at the same time. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> I want to watch that. You can also go to social media, uh, twitter.com, <laughs> at yourpopfilter, or facebook.com slash yourpopfilter. You can hit us up, give us a little, like, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. You can like us, you can retweet us. You can love us. Taylor, you're one of the most honest people I know, and you're also one of the biggest Ryan haters of all time. Yeah. But even you will admit that our Twitter feed's pretty tight, right? It's pretty like, tight. Come on, it's pretty, pretty good. Toy. We're doing pretty good. It's pretty tight. So go there, check it out. It's a good place to be. You can also hit us up in a more long form version at your pop contact, your pop filter. 
Com. Once again, Taylor is not drunk. Nope. I'm stone cold sober and a real piece of work. You go to contact at yourpopfilter.com. You can send us an email that is long form. Give us your thoughts. Or if a you, short email. You don't have to. Yeah, you know what? You don't have to do a long email. It can be like two words. It's fine. Fuck you. Yeah. And I think in two weeks is our big special email show where we're only reading emails. Uh-huh. So you yeah. want to get those in as soon as possible. Get those in real fast. Uh, if you really love the show Outcast and you want to give me pointers on like what I should be looking for to pull the most out of it, one or nine, if nine, you nine. think, or if you think one Winona Earp is a real piece of garbage show and you hate it, why no, no known. Yeah, uh, let us know those thoughts and we will like read them on the show. Also, if you want to do that in a more audio format so that you can really let us hear the emotion in your voice and just give us the full business, you can go to 1562-DRDJPOP. That's 1562-DRDJPOP. He's a little robot associate. He takes all of our messages for us. One of his hands is a... Spatular. And one of his hands is a... Bolshevik. And that's what we're doing there. And call him up. Give him your message, and then he will relay that to us. Just do us a favor and don't start your message with, hi, guys. Like, stop doing that. Yeah, say hey. Hey, at least. All right, that is it for the show. Next week, we're going to be talking about Luke Cage. And Danny Rand. Danny Rand. Oh, my Turn God. of the Rand. It's the beginning Shit's of the... It's getting he- Randy. <laughs> Taylor and Greg have to watch the Luke Cage episode with Danny fucking Rand. It's this serious. all worked out perfectly. Oh, I'm very furious. But for the deceased Greg, I'm Mike. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Taylor. And for Taylor, I am my late father, Greg. We are the world, and we love you, and please end this show. Just cut it right there. Just end it right there.